Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. Mrs. Philholm? Uh-huh. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Andrew. Thank you. Nice to <laughs> nice to hear you again. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm doing uh I'm doing great. Life's life's good right now. Life's good. What do you got? Anything interesting today? Uh little by little the unknowns in my life are becoming known. Uh, I don't remember if if last week we were still waiting for a closing date, but we've got our closing date. We've bought December eighteenth, I believe. Well, okay, OPSEC, Mrs. Phil, home way to wrap me you out. You said it last week, Andrew. Well, OPSEC, Andrew, way to wrap me okay. out. Okay, Andrew. Um, <laughs> so so that's done. We've bought the appliances that we needed to you buy. You did? Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. What color did you get? Stainless steel. Hell yeah, you did. That's I, fun. I kind of think you have to try pretty hard to get something that's not stainless steel today. I agree, but I have uh, someone in my life who, it's my sister, whatever, she doesn't listen. She recently bought new appliances, which are coming after Christmas, and they're black. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I felt like that was an odd, like, I I am with you. It seems like in the world of today. I do love stainless steel because it really is easy to clean. I don't care what you say. It is nice. One thing I I will say. uh, Yes? About your sister's choice is apparently, due to COVID, uh, the factories in... Wherever the factories are, they've been closed. They haven't been I've producing appliances this. at the same rate they usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, uh, people they you know they're thinking about their appliances more than they usually do because they're spending more time at home. So there is an appliance mm-hmm. shortage right now. So yeah, I've actually, heard that as well. They're pretty hard to come by. Yeah, like Macintosh book computers. If you want to know, really. <laughs> Hard to come by. COVID, everything's wonka-doodle. But that's exciting. Okay, so appliances are ordered. And what else? Delaney's working on some other stuff. Uh, You know, dining room table, Mm -hmm. uh, curtains and blinds and, Mm -hmm. you know, all all kinds of words that that mean the same thing in my head, but apparently are very different. Window blankets, really, either way. Uh (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, we were, uh-huh. you know, we were, we were very concerned about the big window in the bathroom. Uh-huh. Which, of course, we've got to have blinds on move-in day for the big window in the That's bathroom. That's job one, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, shit, why don't we just put a bed sheet over it? Because that's yeah. what that's what one does. One puts a bed sheet over the thing. But that, you know, now that I'm an adult and I'm it's not acceptable, 27 years no. of age Mm-mm. almost, it's not mm-hmm. acceptable anymore. I remember the the day, not exactly the day, but the time in my life when I realized that cinder block shelving was no longer an acceptable option for a woman of my station. Mm-hmm. Cinder block shelving is the baddest, coolest thing in the world. I used to do it in New York City. I had a whole plan. Every time I moved, I moved a lot. It's heavy. I mean, they're heavy. You got to move those cinder blocks, but they can but it be breaks down moved nicely. into absolutely into any configuration. And then if you need a cinder block, you got it. And that's just how I lived. And I thought it was kind of industrial and cool. And, you know, I came from the time when my friends and I were living in like Brooklyn lofts and stuff. And it was that industrial punk kind of cool. And that at a certain point when I had children in the house, I looked around and the rest of my friends were like buying not Goodwill furniture and couches that cost real money and shelving units and stuff. I went, oh, damn, bummer. Cinder block shelves are no longer acceptable. Huh. Still got them in the garage, though. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love shelves. I, I love I a think, good shelf. 
Delaney has this pent up need <laughs> to to decorate something, and and she uh-huh. she's been living in apartments, you know, since she moved out when she was sure seventeen or eighteen. Uh, I've been living in apartments, but I'm maybe it's because I'm male, maybe it's because I'm different. You know, I don't have any pent up need to decorate, but you I think not. that there is a a backlog of creative energy that, mm-hmm. that needs to nesting. get out. Yeah, it's a backlog. Yeah, yeah nesting. absolutely right. Nesting is exactly because you've been the living right in a small space where you knew it was temporary as long as you lived there, and so why put holes in the wall? You guys are practical like that. You know me. I'm just like put holes in the wall. I'm here for six months. This is my nest. You know how I feel about nests, Andrew. I know. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Well, how fun. I sure hope I can come down and, and be part of it, but probably not in the era of COVID. I'll never see you guys in person again. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> seriously. Seriously, oh, probably goodness. What's not. What's going on in your life, Mrs. Philholm? Everything's rosy uh, over here. How about how about on Shakedown Street? It's good. Shakedown Street is good. You know, winterize the garden, uh, doing some stuff, also organizing a lot of like yesterday, I I organized under the sink. That's cool. You it's know, always fun to of, fun to mm, go under the sink and see what you find. It's not bad at the dollhouse because it's just me and I haven't lived here that long. It was just a little wonky. Oh, you know, these are the COVID times. We do a lot of uh, Marie Kondoing, don't we? I've organized my jewelry. I'm currently in the process of organizing my clothing, and once again, going through like if I haven't worn it in a year, it's dead to me. You know that kind of thing. Um, uh, do you have a lot of kitchen? Do you have all your kitchen stuff that you need to move in, Andrew? I know that's important to you guys. Mostly. The one thing I want, and people mm. people think I'm joking about it, hmm. I want a floor standing. Yeah, Hobart Ho- mixer. Hobart mixer. I and know you can't have that. You have a really big house. I should think that's exactly what you have room for. And really, it can double. It could be a baby bathtub someday. Huh. I never thought about that. It's a perfect size that. for a baby bathtub. It's like a baby hot tub. I you mean, could, really, there are you double could uses. You agitate the shit out of that baby. <laughs> no, It'd be like you can't it in agitate the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, got, I got shamed for my knife skills recently. Thought of you and your YouTube predilection for watching, um, you know, videos and how to learn to be a chef. I got shamed for my knife skills. Who's making fun of you? Someone close oh, to you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, it's not elegant the way I chop an onion, but I want to tell you something. I chopped three times as many onions as that motherfucker. I'm efficient. <laughs> I've raised a family. I've served and cooked for the masses like an army cook. I don't have time to be precious and pretty about it. Did the onions get chopped in a way? Also, they were going to be pulverized in a blender. What were we making? Pumpkin soup. And we needed a, three cups of onions and they needed to be roughly diced. And then they're going to be thrown into a blender after... You understand after sauteing. So who the fuck cares about what they look like? And I'm like, what are you you talking about? Yeah, well, it was inelegant and uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I'm efficient in the kitchen. And when you're the other thing that I've realized is hanging out with people who like are real cooks and care about it. I mean, it's amazing, actually, because if you pay attention to things like temperatures and timing and, you know, the science of cooking, you do get a beautiful product. But I am, you know, of the school of thought like i'm feeding the masses um just get her done you and i are yin yang on that one because i spend just way too long working on Uh stuff it takes it probably takes me four times as long to chop an onion as it would you but uh, you get very precise very perfect dice uh everything is 
Uh, everything is not exactly as it should be, but it's pretty darn close. I feel like I'm the I'm that scientific cook. You know, if you give me instructions, I will follow them to the T. I will take time. Oh, yep. Same person complained recently about um. God, I hate it when they say salt and pepper to taste. Frustrating because <laughs> he wants to know the exact measurements because that's science. And I'm like, oh my. Anyway, it's just funny, isn't it? Yeah, I get it that like that's a certain art. And there, listen, there is a certain zen and beauty to it. And because of second shutdown. I have had moments of I'm chopping onions in the kitchen. I'm grating cheese. We're making a meal together. I don't have a thought in my head and it feels very zen and beautiful, you know, meal preparation. Mm -hmm. But for so many years, it has been a don't like eating. Feeding myself seems like, you know, (laughs) exhausting. I resent my body's need for nourishment. And um, also just the just the mad dash of feeding a family and teenage boys and their friends and the wrestling teams for so long. I just got very uh, farm wife about it. But yeah, I can appreciate the. <laughs> uh, and listen, I learned this cool technique for chopping an onion. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you hold the, let's call it the stem. That's not what it's called. And you chop away from it in vertical strips and then you chop, chop, chop you know, in horizontal strips and you got a cool thing and it doesn't fall apart. It's a very elegant way to do it. And I can learn new tricks, uh, old dog new tricks, but just saying. Hmm, kitchen that, kitchen to a, me is more practical than, than beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, well, because mm-hmm. you're, uh, you know, you're, you're a Hobart stand mixer kind of kitchen. And I want yeah. that. Right now, right now, the kitchen in this, in this uh, house we have not yet moved into, it's a very beautiful kitchen. Mm, it does it really not is. have any room for, for those practicalities that I want that are probably pretty impractical. But... I mean, it totally has room for it. It just doesn't like fit into the mm, the 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 feng the shui ambiance. of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah, got you know, so it's a beautiful thing, though. One special thing about this kitchen is that it has double ovens, which is something my mom will tell you she <gasps> waited like amazing. twenty. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know how many years she lived in a house where she didn't have double ovens, but it took her a long time to get her double ovens. And it was kind of a moment for her in her life where she knew she'd made it. And I, I'm 27 yeah. years old buying a house with double ovens. F you guys. No I'm, shit. I know. I'm not waiting Golden 20 boy. years for that. No, you're not. That really is cool. Double ovens. I have a new to me gas range. Should I tell you that on the podcast? Is you, Was your moved gas range, the... uh, your range has always been gas? Well... No, here at the dollhouse, I moved in and I had an electric range, mm-hmm. and it really pissed me off. It was very difficult. I prefer cooking on gas. I have for many years, and um, so my friend, who has a kitchen and bath business, whom we've discussed, they had a pullout, and it's like a perfectly functional gas range. Do you want it? And then another friend who came in and installed the gas line. We just had to move gas over to the proper area. So now I have a very cool gas range and I do love it. It makes a big difference for me. I'm excited. I've got a gas range at the new house. I've never cooked on gas, always had oh, electric. It's so good. It, it seems like it's uh, there's a lot of gas snobs in the world. And of course, I I'm a gas snob and I don't care you what really you say. Are. You absolutely I have more control over it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The electric thing and I had one in the dollhouse the the range that I inherited when I bought the house had that glass, you know. I mean, like I've burned my hand on it, wiping the the, the range off because mm-hmm. the surface, you know, is still hot. Yeah, that's Not what I've got in my it. apartment right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And didn't prefer. So I, I do kind of love it. I, I do believe in that. I am a gas knob and I've been for many years. I just believe when you turn off the gas, when you turn off the flame, 
the heat stops. I mean, the pan is going to do its own little thermodynamic thermodynamic thing. Sure, it's going to cool down it at does its stop. pace. And, uh, it's but at a right at its pace, not the pace of a glass surface that's cooling down. Whatever. I do like it. I haven't done much. I actually think that there's an issue with the. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I think that my the gas range is not level. Mm. And I know that because when I'm frying an egg or something in the morning, <laughs> I get a little pool in one corner of the round pan. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I circle with corners. Um, so I, th- I can't tell if it's an issue of leveling the whole range itself or leveling the burner grates. But I've also realized with both my, we'll call it my dining room table. You've been here. It's not really a dining room. It's a, it's an eating nook. And my DJ Roomba, iRobot, my floors are not level because a house built in 1944, my floors are not level. And I was having quite a fight with my Roomba for a while because it wasn't charging. And then I went, oh, I got to stick a little, well, I use one of my joke books under the thing, under the, the unit itself. And the, it, my floors aren't level. They're kind of wavy. Mm-hmm. And my dining room table, same thing. It was like, why is this so janky? I flipped it over, which it's heavy. It's marble. I got to flip it over and check this out. There must be some little adjusty feet things no it's got it's just that my floors are kind of wavy so we, we adjust we make do <laughs> we make do are you you're going to be moving during the christmas season yeah 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 so, so there will be no decorating for xmas in your home this year i suppose of course not i don't even own christmas lights i don't own a single christmas decoration i think i, I threw away I my, my to, ugly sweater i, I bought can't last wait year to Fill your house with shit, Andrew. I just can't wait. I can't. You say that Good I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm ruthless. I'll throw it away. I know you should. I don't. I know. I really am. <laughs> I'm sort of at the point right now where I. Well, today I got in the mail from Amazon because um, I've been interested in folding origami cranes. It's just a good pastime. Good God, we're in the shutdown. There's nothing to do. Uh, I ordered 500 sheets of origami paper. Amazing. Where am I going to put that? Where does that live in my house? I'm feeling You're a grown-ass woman. Uh, you put it wherever the fuck you want. But my point is <laughs> I need it put away in a place. Everything in its place and a place for everything is how I live now. And it's like, oh, God, I introduce a thing. Okay, something has to move out. Not true. I've got... Sure, it's a, the studio it's a is recently organized. slide puzzle. It's a slide yeah. puzzle. That's right. It's a slide puzzle. I do have the studio... Oh, God, the studio. I have both pottery wheels indoors now because I moved my recording studio into my closet. Hey, I have been recording some serious quality voiceover jobs right here in my bedroom closet. I I do want to say not bad. Not bad. Yeah. You sound sound great right now. It sounds like you're uh, you're right between my two years. Um, And I've got to figure out that's my kind of next thing after I get my Hobart stand mixer is figuring out where I'm going to record in this house. Uh, and how, how I'm going to do it. You get to build a whole studio in your unfinished basement of excellent quality, Andrew. Could do. That's could some real, do. That's some real uh, high-level handyman shit. I don't know if I'm uh, up to it, but I suppose I could try. Yeah, yeah. you could try. Uh, I, yeah, that'll be fun. I can't wait. I mean, so my question about um, decorations is just because this year, you know, uh, last year we didn't have Christmas because my father was dying. This year it's hard to have Christmas because of the memories of that and socially distancing and not seeing my children and possibly not being able to see my mother because it's possible she's sick right now. That was what I dealt with today. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to wait on that. We're going to wait on that. Um, But so what's the point? And yet there's some kind of uh, winter, you know, hearth fires burning need to do something cozy indoors. So the other night I spent a lot of time cutting out paper snowflakes and hanging them on my house. 
It's, it's you, pretty fun. You're getting cozy. real artsy crafty. You're, you're deep in paper yeah. craft right now, it sounds like. I know, which is not my gem. Oh, also, I have, speaking of organizing, I have ready to do, I'm going to do a gingerbread house. I've previously done it with my little girlfriends, and so I'm dropping off to them socially distant gingerbread house kits. But I have just organized this evening all the types of candy, because you can't just buy a house and trust that the candy it comes with, that comes oh, with yeah, that kit, is going to be good. Weak candy weak sauce so i went to the dollar store and bought a bunch of candy so i've been organizing that like you know knolling my little candy bowls and i want them to look pretty anyway so yeah paper crafts you know there's a lot of indoor time andrew hey it's something isn't it it sure is it's kind of funny watching sure um this new big company i work for handle the holidays because uh, uh. because typically there would be you know, in office shenanigans, I imagine. So this year, oh sure, we've got a Christmas week, and like one night after work, they're gonna stream Elf on Zoom, uh, and then cute. another. You can you can register for the uh, gingerbread competition, and they will send you a gingerbread kit. Oh, are you doing that? I don't think so. Come. On Andrew, Mrs. Philholm, you know that Competi- they're, they're not going to the dollar strength. store and getting the supplementary candy. They're just going to send you that weak ass shit we just talked about. Well, you know, I mean, necessity breeds invention. That's kind of some of the greatest things is when you have to work with limited tools. Come on, you've been to Festivus at our house. One of the feats of strength one year was competitive gingerbread house decorating. You've I know. been there for that. I know that, I think that, was that gingerbread first house year is probably still standing Festivus. somewhere. It lived on no, Stephen in my fridge for for years. It, did. it, it sure did. did. I was very proud of the uh, silo we made out of a Coors Light can. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember the year that the the I was doing it with the little girls and the adults. There it was Taco Christmas, and the 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 the. the Mm. the men in the party were doing things like putting a bottle cap on the roof. It's a satellite dish and like totally wrecking the magic for these little girls. But yeah, that's fun. That's fun. That's fun. Come on, do the competitive gingerbread house. Come on. That's adorable that your company is doing that. That is a real creative solution. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of fun where, you know, there's a real HR department with more than one person and there's resources and and you know, things, uh, there's, there's resources to do stuff, which is not something that's been true at any of my previous jobs because I've been working for startups. It's yeah. Fun. I'm in that mode now where there's, no, there's no Benny's right here. It's all just me trying to lay down voiceover and get comedy gigs and stuff. So I feel it. there's no benefit, but also there is love and there is creativity. Oh, by the way, I just live streamed my son's first collegiate wrestling event. Speaking I- of I cannot believe be that touch. they had a collegiate wrestling event. It is. It is an. It, it was mind blowing. It was team against. It was a scrimmage, basically. It was okay. A scrimmage. So they, it they've was been a, getting they sick it, from each other anyway. Exactly. They've been quarantined and they still are together. So they've all been swapping the same spit. Um, That's what I, I thought the wrestling know. kids were doing. And That's all just, they ever do. You've just confirmed it's disgusting. it. Disgusting. <laughs> all of the oh wrestling. They're all smooching. Come on. Uh, ugh. Every they get face wounds. They get impetigo. They get dizzy. Every anyway. So they're all. So it was just cool because they broadcast it from his college and he was in the gym and um, it was. I think they're starting to wrestle off for position at their weight class. You know, mm-hmm. and um, he performed very well. He did not win, but it was pretty cool to see him. And he was. He was both nervous, like sick nervous, because it was his first collegiate event. And um, he FaceTimed me kind of right before in the gym and also emotional and proud. This is something he worked for a long, long time. And there he is in a college gym. It doesn't matter. It's just 
you know, a scrimmage, basically. It's but it's exciting, and he's proud, and it evokes my father, and he's worked very, very hard for it, and he's a tough kid. It was cool. And it was funny. Here I am, all alone in my house, culling Christmas candy, putting it into the various vats that we're going to decorate our, you know, dumb gingerbread house with, watching this on my phone, yelling Yelling out loud, yelling out loud. God, it sucks to be the mom of a wrestler. I mean, like, get up, George, get up, get off your feet. He got, I don't know if he got a takedown at the very beginning, but I felt like I couldn't follow the points were kind of um, delayed. But, you know, he does a good thing. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, I'm yelling here alone in my living. It sucks to be the mom of a wrestler. That is really, that is really kind of primitive. And I'm very proud of him. He has worked very hard. He has disciplined himself. And he's kind of making his dreams come true wherever it goes. He, You know what George said along the way when he was really disciplined this summer and said, when he said, I want to wrestle in college, I went, that is the stupidest freaking thing I have ever heard, George. But I didn't tell him that, of course. <laughs> and I've, you know, I've pointed that out to him. I'm really proud. And he was on a really disciplined track this summer, physically, spiritually, mentally. And he said, and I love this, we were out on the paddle boards, in fact, and he said, even if I fail, even if I'm not a successful college wrestler, everything I'm doing in service of this dream, this goal, gets me to a good place. And he's yeah. also doing very well in school. And he called me the other day. Both my boys have called me several times in the past couple of weeks for help with papers and grammar and stuff. Gotta love that. It's so. I'm so far removed from writing an essay. I, I barely I even remember it. I know, but isn't that cute? He calls and... Both of them are good writers. George is a good writer because he's got a mathematical mind, so he writes like a proof Mm -hmm. mathematical proofs and that's what essay writing is and Augie in France well ah, it's funny talking to my kid in France dude he's been there almost a full year without coming home he's been there what three and a half years total he struggles for words in English now he speaks French all the time so it's kind of frustrating talking to him on FaceTime like bro the word for that is essay you know the word for that is grammar he can't think of it in English it's funny and so he kind of wrestles with ideas more than George does. But both of my boys are good writers. And it's also funny, somebody mentioned this recently. Geez, if you were my mom, as some seriously former students still to this day will send me a piece of writing to have me edit it and critique it, my boys don't. It's cool that they both called me for input recently, but they have not, they don't send me their papers for final editing, red pen editing. And my friend was like, the hell is wrong with them they've got you in their back pocket i'm like well you know that's how it is with your parents yeah that's how it is oh i saw a picture i saw a picture it came up you know time hop and stuff Mm -hmm. i think it was six years ago you must have been where were you in belarus because it was a picture of delaney and me out on the town together delaney and i went out for dinner when you were traveling for the first time when you were very new. Was it six years ago? Have you known her? You have not known her nope. that long. Nope. It would have been three. Let me look it up. Two years ago, two years ago, three years ago. I don't know. Oh, the six year ago thing was on Thanksgiving. Six years ago, I made Augie feel home laughing. <laughs> That's that funny. One. Okay, wait. The picture of Delaney is so cute. Wait, let's see. Um. Anyway, it was cute. Delaney and I went out to eat. Remember that? I wonder if she does. You were traveling. Were you in Belarus or? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was probably in Minsk. Oh, you were in Minsk. And Delaney and I went out and had our first one-on-one time, and it was delightful. Look at her pretty eyes. Oh, that bride of yours. Isn't she something? She sure is. She sure is. I don't know. What else? What else you got? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Trying to think. I got some some listener feedback from our uh, biggest fan in Minnesota. Okay. uh, And she loved our 
uh, gratitude episode. She thought she thought it was really Aren't sweet. We wonderful. Oh, okay. And <laughs> that's uh, nice. Every every so often, someone reaches out and they say, "Hey, I listen to your podcast," and it's always so such a pleasant surprise. Oh my goodness, I can't. Dude, believe, right? I can't believe you're taking I got the time a message to listen like to this that, podcast. Like, Glad you got your new pot, your new computer. I'm like, wait, what? I know. I do have a few of those coming out of the woodwork. And I mean, seriously, hello to uh, my children's godmother, Jenna, who listens to this podcast. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Um, I have a show tomorrow night. How do you feel about this? Where is so, it? So, well, it's at a theater in Denver and they're going to do, because Zoom shows are terrible. Comedy Zoom shows are terrible. Theater in Denver. I'm not going to... And uh, I'll post the link. I'll send you the link to buy tickets. It's it's called a not safe for work pot, uh, comedy show. It's going to be raunchy. Yeah, no no chance I'm going there, Mrs. Phil. You're not going there. You should not go there. But also people should just buy a ticket to support the theater. So what they're doing is kind of cool because Zoom shows suck. We've talked about it. And so what they're doing is giving us a stage and a microphone and it will just be it's a 3,500 square foot space. And there will be like 10 of us there, which is under the CDC guidelines with masks, microphone condoms, walk, wash your hands, sanitize everything. But it's better to be on a stage with a microphone and lights, and at least there are other live comics watching us, and then the thing will be live streamed. So kind of cool. It's like a hybrid show. They're also opening it to some comics, like if you have to zoom in, da-da-da. You know um, what that is, uh, Mrs. We'll Phil Holmes? That's a Netflix hmm. special, right? We're well, going to put you on stage with a microphone, and we're going to make a recording of it. That's a Netflix special. You've got a Netflix okay, special Okay, I would up. like to point out that Netflix specials, are they have live audiences. And in fact, I watched one recently, and I was like, this guy mentions he's in Denver. I'm like, where the hell is he in Denver? It doesn't look like any background in Denver I real I recognize. He was at Comedy Works South, and what they had done is put up theater flats. You know, I'm talking about like fake walls, and to bring it in so tight. Clearly, this is pre-COVID. To bring huh. him like the stage of Comedy Works South is kind of big and cavernous, and it's got weird hotspots. So they brought it in so that he feels like he's on stage with people. And you know, that's always been the thing for comedy. Like that, I, I can't exactly explain why. But good comedy houses are tight. The audience is slightly uncomfortable, maybe a little bit cold, and the ceilings are low, so that laughter doesn't escape. I guess, and that whole idea, I think, <laughs> it's that, that laughter flavor. is contagious. <laughs> What's that? Said so you got to seal in the flavor. For I guess, I mean, I'm not kidding. That's a known thing, and it's so interesting. And today, gosh, all the comedy I've done in the past so long has been literally out of doors, and it's changed everything. Anyway, and I'm headlining the set tomorrow night, Andrew. That's nice. That's really so nice, there Mrs. Phil. It Congratulations. Is nice. It is nice. Well, yeah. thanks. But again, not safe for work, like beyond. And I thought about, I don't have to be gross. It's literally like a bring your grossest shit kind of show. I don't, I'm going to request that they don't archive it. I don't. And that's a, if, that's If typical. you're the headliner of this show and it's a, yeah. it's about bringing your gross material, that must mean that you are the nastiest of the nastiest, Mrs. Phil Holm. You're, you're I thought a big about nasty that. wheel in this town. I really thought about that. Oh, well, again, I'm not going to post. I'm not going to post this, but you saw it. I'm not going to post it yet because it is whatever. But yeah, recently um, a pretty famous uh, comedian out there called me grossly adorable. That's my brand, isn't it, though? I'm gross and I'm adorable. <laughs> I know. I mean, I thought about, I don't have to. I could do teenager stuff. I, I mean, I can still make them laugh. It doesn't have to be gross. But there was a certain amount we're looking at last night. Like, what is this show about? And who, oh, golly, it's really. Yeah, I know. I, I realize that. And actually, one other person, particularly on this bill. Crazy, crazy, like uh, we're going to call it alternative comedy almost. 
In terms of making ah, people uncomfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Remember those days? Isn't that funny? Remember those days, Andrew? <laughs> it was five years ago, I think, maybe it was six in November, that you and I went to my first open mic. You were there, son. It's pretty crazy. Anyway, pretty wild. so the, the, the comic in question, I, I asked who else is on the bill, and I went, oh, man, that is a comic that is like specifically make you uncomfortable in your face, edgy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm headlining that. It's almost like I don't want to go after that. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm of course, I'm excited. It's I'm it. sure it'll go great. Oh, it'll go great. And the truth is, when I when I got booked yesterday, I went, oh, cool. Something to write for for two days, you know, something to think about and put my energy toward, because my joke book, I'll have thoughts nowadays about something hilarious and go, eh, what's the freaking point of writing it down? There's no comedy. There certainly is. There certainly is. We're gonna survive. We all shine on. Don't we, Andrew? We sure do. You said something about not wanting this to be recorded, not recorded, uh, preserved, archived, archived. or something. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked a little bit more and then you mentioned when we started going to this comedy thing and I threw out celery bush uh-huh. and celery bush is something that these days only exists in my mind as a prop comic. Uh-huh. He shoved an entire head uh-huh. of celery down his pants. So the leaves were sticking out the, the top of his pants. And he says, look, I'm celery bush. And I thought that was the funniest thing. I still think of it you really three, did. I never three times it. a month. Uh huh. And I can't, you know, there's no internet record of this thing at all. Nope. Right. Correct. And there is no record in my mind. Okay. Well, I should, you know what? I can do some research on that because there was another guy like that that I thought of recently. Like, remember back when I first started, there was a guy who went on a rant and da da da. I wonder if the other comics would know him now. Celery Bush may very, because he was part of some improv group in town. That may be somebody that I know now, right? Who was doing something. Yeah. And I could check back on that. Whatever. Not very interesting. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the point. And like musicians have a different approach to that but comics in general have like that's the thing the live stream shows on the group chats there's often somebody checking in and saying you're not gonna how long is that video up because proprietary i don't know whatever it is i i you don't want people to see that it's the same reason why you have to put your your phone in that dumb sleeve at comedy works right i I suppose nobody every every comic is going to get up there and they're going to say nasty things but no one wants a recording of them saying those nasty things maybe or uh it's also just that we don't want to give the jokes away because it's proprietary and because we want to be in control of what what is put out there you know the stream so the thing is, if they get a recording of it, I want to own that. And then I want to put it out as, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. It's just, um, it's proprietary and it's a live thing. Uh, I've been asked a lot in the past few months for things like, what's your best joke when they're doing a meet the comics kind of thing on Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me because like, well, I don't want to give it away. It's hard for me because I've got such rock and material. Well, what how, actually, how can I choose just mm, one? Well, the funny thing is that what it comes down to is every time I think that I go, well, I don't, I don't have any jokes. Um, uh, what? That's yep, that's what it all comes down to. Do you know? Recently, I was on a live show during the reopening. It was one of the competitions that I won because I've been doing that lately, and I was nervous beforehand. And I was talking to a comic friend of mine, and I was saying tonight my main goal because you always kind of go into every set with like the number one thing I'm working on tonight. My number one goal is to pause. For laughs, right? That's I'm bad at that. I railroad my laughs. I I I, I walk over them partly because I'm high energy, and and but you got to pause for laughs. And we were talking about it. We were talking about techniques for that, like count to three, 
you know, and I'm like, no, I get it. I know what the freaking technical tricks are as a performer. And then I said it and I almost cried. I said, the real reason I don't pause for laughs is because I'm afraid it because wasn't a I, joke. Because I don't think it's funny. Yeah, because I don't think it was funny. And anyway, whatever. Comedy, comedy, isn't it something? Still remains the thing that gives me the most life and the more... In these crazy, crazy times, it's it's fun and funny to be a person who now, more naturally than ever, has leaned into, that's what I do. I, I flip things and make them funny, and sometimes it's offensive, and often it's inappropriate. But my God, it's all we have. And owning that, as you and I have documented now for how many freaking episodes? Good grief. I always got in trouble being funny. 88. That's obnoxious. Um, I was got in trouble for being funny. Being funny did me no good as a kid, and... It's doing me some good now. That's kind of nice. That is nice. It's comforting. Yeah, it's comforting. It's comforting. You know, we all, in the era right now of Christmas carols and cutting out snowflakes and gingerbread houses and the warm hearth of, mm-hmm, it's cold outside and uh, we got to warm up our insides. It's funny to just always believe that, yeah, but laughing is the very best thing. That's all I got. I think that's a, a great note to end it on, Mrs. Phil. Holmes. I do too. Do you feel like we brought ruckus? Because I don't, but whatever. You know, candidly, yeah, I, I have no idea if we've ever brought ruckus. We can't. We can't. That's right. We can't look at it ourselves. We are no judge of that. <laughs> Our method on the microphone's banging. We know that much. Yep, I, I guess so. <laughs> do you realize that that was a pull from that very same song? Are you? The, the only that. reason I know that is because it's at the bottom of our webpage. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, golly. All right. Well, Andrew, we'll talk next week. And uh, nice to check in with you. Proud yeah. of my sons. Proud of you. My love to Delaney. Happy holidays, Mrs. Philholm. Thanks. Bye, Andrew. Bye.